Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. I wouldn't say we fell in love right away. I think we were, as they call it in the biz, trauma bonding. And then after eight years of being insufferably sober, I started drinking again. Addicts tend to be rather sensitive people. Aren't you Mark Maron? I'm like, yeah. And she goes, what happened to you? Hey there, you're listening to Light Hustler, a podcast about sharing your dark to find your light. Uh, this is, I'm your host, Anna David, and this episode is one from my live storytelling show, which happens the fourth Friday of every month in Los Angeles. And if you are not in Los Angeles, well, you get to hear episodes this way, but you could also, we always uh, broadcast it on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Anna B. David. But I have more news about Facebook in a second. So, but first let me say, this is what you're going to get from this episode. It's Bucky Sinister a regular from my show, and he is going to tell you, he's going to answer the long-wondered question, that's bad English, the long-pondered question, what if you're a poet, but also an addict? Short answer, it can go horribly awry. He's going to tell you all about that. I give him a proper introduction in the intro. Um, he is an amazing writer, and, and you'll get more from him. Now, here's what I want to tell you. I told you I had Facebook news. Now, I have a new Facebook group. Now, I've had two different paid membership groups, and what I've decided to do is take the best elements of both of them and make them free. So it is all designed for people who want to share their dark to find their light. And that means writing, that means podcasting, that means speaking from stage, it means getting started writing. You do not need experience, but you do need to answer a few questions in order to join because it's, um, I want to make sure you're not a bot. And obviously you are not a bot because you're listening and bots don't listen. Even I know that. So come join the Facebook group by going to facebook.com slash groups slash all the right moves. A-L-L-T-H-E-W-R-I-T-E moves. Yes, I would love to have you there. Um, I'm already interacting with people and I am, I think I'm helping them and it's wonderful. So if you've ever thought you wanted to share your story, go to facebook.com slash groups, slash all the right moves. And I will see you there. And now I'm going to give you Bucky Sinister. He's a regular at this show. He is the author of, I believe, nine books? Yeah. Fucking nine? Yeah. Um, including, including my favorite novel about addiction. It's called Black Hole. Give it up for Bucky Sinister. Uh, that's, that's because I have no sense of time anymore. Uh, no sense of time or space. Uh, yeah, thanks, Anna. Yeah, I just got back from seeing my dad. I was, I was, seeing my, I was at my dad's place in St. Louis for a whole weekend because he turned 80. And uh, uh, he was, 
He's a crazy born-again Christian guy, too. And his church just said, uh, it's okay to be gay as long as you don't have gay sex, because God hates that. And, uh, and uh, he wanted to know my opinion. So it was like, you know, a whole day of, like, fighting about it, like, going back and forth. And then, uh, and then I thought, well, at least a second day. Second day will be fine. There'll be nothing. Like, it'll be good. I wake up, and he, and he says, well, why is pedophilia okay if they're both consenting? And I'm like, oh, my God. And... Uh, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so I, you know, because sometimes you're like, oh, you know, was, was the old man that much of a hard ass? Why did I leave? And, uh, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, they're all nuts. Okay, that's great. Uh, okay, I, you know, uh, one of the other, Amy Dresner is going to be up here later, and, and, and I was going to tell this other story, but I was like, but I got to tell a story about where we met, because I met, I met Amy in a bar in the 90s, all right? This is like some grandpa story time here. Uh, take you all the way back to the 90s. Uh, and, uh, you know, when, when, you know, it was like time about flannel shirts and Doc Martens, you know, like all that shit. And uh, uh, it kind of started actually, in, in the story starts actually in, in 1989 uh, when I'm trying to figure out what to do with my life. So, you know, because fuck advice or like looking things up or reading a book or whatever. I thought, how do I figure out what to do with my life? I know I'll drop a lot of acid. And then, uh, so I, I, I dropped some acid and I saw a City Lights logo, this book publishing thing. And I thought, that's it. I'm going to go to San Francisco and become a poet. That's, that's my life plan. This is the worst career choice you can make. There's not really like, really, no one cares. Like barely, like poets won't even finish their own book. You know what I mean? They're just like, no one wants that. Uh, like maybe the worst thing. I've had people ask me to do poetry readings at their wedding, and, and when I get up, I can see everyone wince. You know what I mean? It's horrible. No one fucking wants that. But anyway, so I go there, and, and, I, uh, and I start doing poetry readings in, in San Francisco during the performance art era, which is like, like I, the only way I can explain this is like, you know, we didn't have YouTube back then or 4chan, so like people, we would do it live, right? We go, if you want to see something weird, you had to go somewhere. And that's, uh, you had to see someone do it. And uh, so uh, I would be performing at these things. I was actually underage. I was not 21, so I could not go into the bar uh, until it was my turn. You know, when like uh, when Juan the Snake Dancer, who swung a, a bowl constrictor around like a pair of nunchucks, when he was done, they would call my name and I would run inside and do my little poems. and. Uh, and uh, which everyone thought was a character because, you know, who's really this sad and depressed, you know? And, uh, but you know what? They gave me 50 bucks, so I didn't care. And uh, so most of the time I had to stand outside the, uh, the club with this doorman named Fritz. And uh, I think this, is, this guy's got it made. This guy is the coolest guy here. This is like kind of what we call aiming low, right? I'm like, I'm gonna be this guy. I'm not gonna be, I'm gonna be a doorman at a South to Market performance art nightclub. That's gonna be my next career. And I'll do poetry on the side. That's what I'll do. <laughs> this is my thing. And Fritz taught me uh, this one thing. He said, here's, here's how you know, here's how you spot a fake ID. And he says, and he points someone out from line and said, let me see your ID. And uh, she hands him his ID and, and, he, and he shows it to me and says, uh, do you know how I know this is fake? And I'm like, no. And he says, because I sold it to her last week. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, good. All right, I'm getting this now. And then he's like, there's another thing you need to know if you're gonna be a doorman, and uh, it's a sleeper hold. I'm like, what's that? And he's like, 
And he points, it pulls another kid out who's been waiting to come into the bar. And he, and he says, uh, come here. And he puts him in a headlock and shows it. And it's like, this is how you put someone in a sleeper hold. Right now, he thinks he's choking. He's just like the oxygen can't get to his brain. But if I do this, he'll actually pass out. And the guy passed out. I thought, this is a cool trick. So I get a job. I get a job. The week I turn 21, I start applying. I get a, a couple months later, I get a job at a bar. And the, this bar called the Chameleon. It's on Valencia Street. It is not there anymore. This bar was a shitty bar. And uh, we had something called the house beer, right? And let me, this will show you how bad the bar was. Because uh, it was right when the microbrewers first started to come out. And people would walk into the bar and go, three bucks for a beer? Do you have anything cheaper? And we'd say, well, we have the house beer for $2. And uh, they're like, okay. And the house beer uh, was a bucket, was a bucket that we kept under the sink where we drained the last of the other beers that people didn't finish it went to a bucket and if you wanted that it was the house beer uh there was one sick fuck who knew and asked for it anyway not judging anyway so i start having poetry readings at this bar and i think well i'll just get the i'm gonna have <laughs> everyone's trying to have the best poetry reading and i'm gonna have the worst one so i just found all of Anytime I found a guy on a street corner, like riding on a cardboard, I was like, hey, do you have any poems? Do you want to, like, I'll give you two drinks. I'll give you two drink tickets to come read poems. They all came, and it was great. So I had a bunch of just local weirdos down there. But uh, I went in one night, and there was, there was this guy, and the whole, I could tell the whole bar was just feeling a little, like, it just, there's this tension there. And, uh, you know, I'm like, what's going on? And uh, there's one guy I don't recognize at the bar. Uh, he's got a shaved head. And, uh, and the bartender's kind of looking at him like, what's going on? And she says, uh, this guy's being a real dick and he won't leave. And uh, I said, uh, well, why don't you just, you know, stop serving? It's like, oh, we stopped serving him. He won't go. I'm like, okay, all right. So I went and told him and said, hey, man, I, and this is usually how we got people out of the bar. Hey, man, there's going to be a poetry reading starting here soon. <laughs> and usually people just left immediately. And then uh, he says, fuck your poetry reading. I'm like, all right, okay. There's a few things you don't insult around me. You don't insult my date. You don't insult my mother. And you, for damn sure, do not insult my poetry reading. So I thought this would be a great time to use Fritz's standard uh, sleeper home. And uh, so I, I snuck in around behind him and just put my arm in there. Like kinda, it kind of looks like this and uh, get, get in there, and uh, usually, like, 95% of the population, if they feel that, they'll just give up. That They'll just be like, fuck this, I'm done, I quit, I'm sorry, let's start over some other time. About one in 20 guys gets, like, half a hard-on when you do that. Uh, and uh, <laughs> this guy's back muscles flared up like a cobra's thing. <laughs> And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen a cartoon of a guy with a fire hose. Uh, just, you know, when he's on the fire, and he's just flying around the room with a fire hose. That was kind of me trying to hold on to this guy's neck. Because uh, I realized, oh, this guy is a fighter. This guy is, there was a jujitsu place up the street. And he is just like, he's like a big crazy guy. And the moment I let go of him, he's going to kill me. And uh, none of my cool pug friends are going to help. Because they're just idiots. And uh, so they're just kind of just going back and forth, just around the room, just trying to hold on to this dude. And uh, finally, he, he passes out. And uh, I'm like, great. 
Uh, this is awesome. Now what do I do with them? Because I've never actually done it with someone passed out before. I never got it all the way. And I'm like, oh, what do I do? So I just kind of drag them outside. And I don't, I just panic. I panic. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to do. I've, I've never done it. So uh, for some reason, I, uh, I, I, you know, there was this thing when I, when I was a kid, teenager in the 80s, people used to steal shoes a lot. And I didn't know, like, what to do. He had these brand new white Reeboks on the big fluffy pillow Reeboks. And I took them, and I took one off, and, and uh, there was a homeless guy across the street who did one of those weird whistles, where it's like, Freak! and I was like, what? And he goes, right here. And I'm like, okay. And I chucked him across the street, took the other one, and, and, and chucked the other one across the street, too. And then I, I went back inside and, and just kind of waited. We didn't hear from him again. Like, so I was like, I guess he woke up and left. I don't, I don't know what happened. Um, the next day, uh, the, uh, the owner called me while I was at home, like really early, like at noon. Uh, and she's like, did he, some guy said he lost his shoes at the bar. I was like, I don't know anything about this. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, and then he, uh, he, he showed up the next time we had a poetry reading with a couple of his buddies. And they're like, I want my shoes back. And, and I said, uh, well, uh, I don't know where your shoes are. Someone else is wearing them running around town. And uh, they're like, we're going to kick your ass. And I was like, well, maybe uh, I'm going to go to your jujitsu studio tomorrow and tell your instructor or your sensei or whatever that you're going around starting fights at poetry readings. How do you think he'll like that? And they just all kind of looked at each other. And then... Uh, then they left. That's it. But that was, I don't know.